All right, welcome to the Texas Triangle NBA podcast. There is much suffering in this world, but not in this room. I'm here with my main man, Eric. We're about to talk free agency. How you doing, Eric? I'm doing great, man. How about yourself? I'm doing splendiferously. Beautiful word choice. Thank you, sir. Nice, nice. A good intro as well. Thank you, thank you. So, uh, yeah, let's talk free agency, man. What's going on in uh, in the in the world of um, grown men making way more money than I can ever comprehend? Yes, uh, but I got I got to say, uh, sorry, Mavs fans. We might have done the reverse curse thing yet again by talking about Kyle Lowry like it was a done <laughs> fucking deal two days ago. Uh, the Heat just swooped in, and uh, Pat Riley spoiled all your plans and dreams. Uh, it would seem. Sorry, it would seem that's not a done deal either. Maybe we helped you out there too. Yeah. Maybe we just flipped our reverse curse and got the Mavs Kyle Lowry. But uh, it oh. would all, all signs would point to the Heat picking up the option on uh, Goran Dragic's contract today. Sign a trade. And then they let um, they let Iggy go. Yes. They so up a lot of money, frankly. They're gonna have the flexibility to sign Lowry. Apparently, them keeping Drajic makes it more likely that Lowry is gonna be on board. I guess he likes playing with another point guard. Oh, Drogic! I thought figured Drogic would be the the big piece in a sign and trade to make it happen oh. financially. Oh, that that's wild. I hadn't yeah. heard that. So Lowry are they gonna wanted Drogic? So on their board. cap space situation is a little confusing to me, but. I mean, regardless, it looks like Lowry's going to be going to Miami. Yep. Um, so that kind of leaves the Mavs in a similar situation to what we've seen in many free agencies past where they, you know, signal that they're going to go hard after certain guys and they're sitting at the dinner table with nothing on their plate. Yep. Well, probably some really good food on their plate. I mean, Cuban probably, he'll feed you right, I'd yeah. imagine. Yeah. But... <laughs> they, uh, I, it's sad, man. The Mavs just have this knack for really, really, and it always feels like there's momentum that they're going to get the guy too. Mm-hmm. That's the saddest part mm-hmm. is that, like, I mean, it get that doesn't quite get uh Deandre Jordan close, but, uh, it, it's, it's just depressing. They always get left holding the bag of money, um, that they were more than willing to spend. <laughs> and I, I don't know what their plan B is now. There's no Dragic, there's no Lowry. Uh, Mar DeRozan might be the, your consolation prize. You know, <laughs> I I could only laugh if Demar DeRozan is the guy in Dallas who they're giving big money to. Me too. I mean, we've already talked about how terrible of a fit that is. Um, man, DeRozan and Doncic—that's a terrible defensive lineup. I mean, I guess they're gonna have money to play with. There are other options. I mean, definitely. Den- Denwoody's out there. They could just spend that money on Tim Hardaway Jr. if they want to. Very true. Uh, I actually like the fit of Dinwiddie there. I think he, I like the fit of Dinwiddie most places, if I'm being honest. I think he's a severely underrated player that got kind of swept under the rug because he was injured last year yep. on the Nets monstrosity of the big, the big top circus that is the Nets, and, and anyone can get kind of lost in the shuffle there, much less a dude who's injured. Yeah, and he was so, a big part of their success prior to the big three in Brooklyn, you know? Huge part of it. Very uh, cerebral, good player. I, I, like, uh, yeah, I like Spencer Dinwiddie. I hope he ends up somewhere cool. Yeah, he's a borderline all-star. So, I mean, there are plenty of names. We can go down the list of names that they could um, pursue. I mean, they could, they could try to uh, rehab Depot. Victor Oladipo. That's oh, an interesting yeah. name. Where the hell does Depot end up now? That's a que- I've completely. Wow. I we have his trading card on the wall behind us right now, <laughs> and uh, 
I forgot his existence. I forgot about him even being around. Wow. Yeah, so Depot, um, maybe Fournier, Dennis Schroeder. Those are interesting names to me. Schroeder would be a fun one. A little more on the offensive end of the floor, heavy, but very, very, very good on that end of the floor. I think they were also tied into the Kelly Oubre Jr. rumors. Mm -hmm. Um, He would be a nice fit next to Luka. A uh, more athletic wing defender has some offensive efficiency issues, but I think um, on the right team, for some reason the Warriors weren't the right team, but that could probably work be worked out. And he seems to be at a point where he's ready to, you know, commit to his development and being an effective player. But we can get deeper on Ubre when we get to the Spurs segment. So yeah, I definitely. mean, it's definitely a strange situation for the Mavs and I mean who knows what they have lined up for themselves but I mean it's uh it's kind of difficult to project where they're going to go now I agree it kind of almost forces their hand into trades being their main option now too I feel like yeah um unless I was going to ask what do you think I know it's been a lot of linkage to uh Chicago and etc but what about like Alonzo type guy or some I feel like the no shooting would kind of hamper that, but he's been growing in that regard a lot. Good true facilitator, good defender. Yeah, I think um, I think Lonzo would be a nice fit next to Doncic because he's like he's more of a secondary initiator on offense. So like if he gets the ball swung to him, he can you know theoretically shoot. He's he's been inconsistent throughout his career, but I think last year he finished on a pretty pretty nice mark from beyond the beyond the arc um looks a lot more natural yeah. uh fluid when he does shoot now too and yeah. confident yeah i'm a lot higher on lonzo ball than i used to um used to be so that's interesting but again it seems like all the signals are that he's going to be in either new orleans or chicago yep i've noticed that too i like the the chicago idea is fun too i i, I like the bulls kind of going for it this off season like Yes, I'm sure the right move is to tank it out with the way they're set up, but it, there's random times when it's kind of like, well, fuck it, let's do it, you know, like swing for the fences and see what Zach Levine can get us. Yeah. Um. And I, I don't know. I kind of agree with that situation right now. Zach Levine's been through enough. Try to build a, a winner around him, and if you make the second round of the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, a lot of times that's enough to bolster guys wanting to stick around. Yeah, I just, man, the, the Bulls roster, we're kind of on a Bulls thing right now, but like it yeah. feels like their roster is made up of guys who put up good stats on bad teams like Vooch and, you know, oh, Zach Vooch Levine. Trade. Yeah, the Vooch trade is not looking good. And when it was made, we kind of felt like, you know, that wasn't a good fit. Yep. Um, With Zach Levine, you know, he's your scorer, your offensive engine. You need to surround him with utility guys, you know. And I think that's why Lonzo fits so well there. Uh, because he can be a secondary creator and a defensive presence at the point of attack that, you know, they don't really have at this point. So I agree. I agree with that completely about Lonzo. And uh, I think it'd be anywhere he goes is going to be hockey assist city. I feel like there's just going to be a ton of swinging the ball around and whoever he gets it to, if it's that other guard creator, there's always just going to be fun third little options there from off of the pass, the initial pass and action. And uh, yeah, I like watching Lonzo go to work, man. Yeah. I've been high on him, honestly, since he was able to get his way out of the L.A. machine. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that we don't have to deal with his father 
in the public eye anymore, <laughs> though. My God, man. That guy really rode the like Trump school of marketing of the no press is bad press <laughs> thing. Like, well, I'll be famous. Even if they're talking shit about me, they're talking about me, right? Yeah. No attention is bad. I mean, he's yeah. probably made himself quite a bit of money off of that. But Definitely. Yeah, I think that about does it for the Mavs. I haven't seen much else for them, um, but I guess we can go ahead and move down I-35 to San Antonio. Let's do it, man. What are you guys going to do with all that money now that John Collins is all but destined to return to Atlanta? Yeah, so I mean, a lot of Spurs fans had their hearts set on John Collins this offseason, and it seemed there for a while that everything was lining up, you know, with the statements from the uh, Hawks owner that they wouldn't be bringing everybody back, and there's, you know, Probably, you know. Oh, that was a huge update. We got to bring up there. Sorry, I just got distracted because Mark Stein tweeted that there is extreme confidence in Dallas that they will re-sign popular center Boban Marjanovic. Yes! Totally derailed my train of thought. Title run, guys. We got it. We got it, Dallas. No, but good for good for Bobby, man. He's, he's yeah, cool. I do love Bobby. Yeah, it's just a funny, you know, that was something that, we were talking about Dallas free agency. We get an update on our phone. We see it out of the corner of our eye. It says Dallas. It's Mark Stein. We're like, oh, it's a little pause in the recording. And then it's Boban. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. yeah, back to back to San Antonio. Um, <laughs> yeah, guys, look, John Collins is probably not going to happen. Um, I know a lot of us got our hopes up, but it might be for the best that the Spurs aren't going to be able to give him a huge contract. I mean, he's a good player. He's a starter. He's a starter on a team that nearly made a run to the finals. If you want to call it fluky, that's whatever. But he definitely showed out, and he definitely has utility even at the four in the modern NBA. So he would have been a nice fit, but you know, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. So for the Spurs, they've been rumored to um, have mutual interest in a few guys. The other Collins, Zach Collins, who. Very different looking Collins, let me tell you. They're the weirdest looking brothers I've ever seen in my life, man. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, uh, you know, he's an interesting player. You loved it when it was Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) Now, see Twins (laughs) 2. Zach and John Collins. This podcast is brought to you by Twins (laughs) 2. Paramount Pictures presents. (laughs) Yeah, no, but Zach Collins is interesting, man. Um, You know, he's had a snake-bitten tenure in Portland. He's never been able to stay healthy. He's played like um, probably less than a fifth of the games he possibly could have played over the last two seasons. But he has an interesting skill set. He could be a versatile defensive big man who can stretch the floor. I think he would be a nice backup center option behind Jakob Brodel and, you know. Yep. Lead if, a foot, it seems like. He definitely. seems like a quick dude. Yeah. I mean, who knows what he's going to look like after all these injuries. Um, but, you know, I think he's worth a shot. I think I, that'd be a fun pickup in San Antonio. It seems like the type of guy that yeah. uh, would buy in down there, too. And it's almost like a second draft guy. I believe Zach Collins was a lottery pick. He was up there, yeah. Yeah, he was a, He was at least in the middle of the first round, so. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have any problem taking a swing on him, especially if you can get him for, you know, less than the MLE, far less than the MLE. Uh, I think that's worthwhile. The other big man that they've been linked to is Lori Lowry, Lori Markinen yep. out of Chicago. You know, he... People are really high on him his rookie year. And it seems like he never quite put all the pieces together to be as effective offensively as you would have liked. He had a bit of a bounce back season last season, but again, he's a guy that's kind of struggled to stay healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, 
struggles on the defensive end a bit, I feel like. Yeah. And I mean, if he's the plan B behind John Collins to, uh, you know, boast, bolster the front court, I don't hate it as long as the deal's okay. Yeah. No, I'm with you there, too. I think he's another guy who could benefit from the Spurs system and the Spurs culture, et cetera, et cetera. Definitely. And I mean, the Spurs can use any floor spacing. Big time. They can get, and Markinen would be a big who can definitely space the floor. And I think He's a sniper, yeah. And I think him and Pirtle fit okay together. Um, you know, he's not going to be able to stay with guards in the perimeter. He's going to get blown up a lot. But, you know, Pirtle, on the other hand, is a pretty switchy center. He's actually pretty nimble. Omer um, Ashik. Yeah. Omer Ashik 2.0. No, nah, man. He, I, I mean, I, I've seen plenty of times where he stayed in front of guards and, like, blocked the jumper, you know, retreated back to the rim and protect the rim. You know, I, I love Pirtle. Uh, I think he showed some really good flashes last season. I'm sure we'll talk more about him when we do our actual season previews later this offseason. Big time. He's going to be an important player for y'all this year. Yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm, I'm okay with the Markkinen fit. Um, it's probably going to take somewhere around $20 million to prime from Chicago, I'm guessing. But, I mean, that's what you pay for a solid starter. It is. Uh, I don't know that I wouldn't rather spend that money on one of the other guys you guys have been linked to, which is Ubre. Because I, I see a lot of a lot more ceiling with Ubre, and I also see a guy who, like you mentioned and alluded to earlier, is looking at a uh, he he's looking at his next team through the glasses of where can I have the best opportunity to maximize my potential. Yeah, and he wants to learn. He wants to put in the work. He wants to get off of the Splash Brothers show and and start it seems and and get to work and on becoming the star himself and. You know, I, th- I think Golden State, he's relegated to that third banana at best role. And uh, it'd be cool to see him go somewhere else and get the keys to the car a little bit and get some more training on becoming that guy because I think he could be. He really could. He has the tools and, and the, the physical tools and the game, the skill. Yeah, the fact that it didn't work out in Golden State is a little bit concerning uh, given that I thought he would benefit a lot more from the gravity of Steph Curry. But, you know, his season was ended by injury last year. And... When he was in Phoenix, I was kind of infatuated with him, man. He was mm-hmm. like a freak athlete. He fit, you know, he was shooting above league, league average from three. Um, he's a plus defender. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, like, skill-wise he's a better player than DeMar DeRozan, but I think he can have a more positive impact than DeMar DeRozan. Oh, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. And definitely. he's definitely going to be a much better defensive player than DeMar DeRozan. Big time. And again, any threes – are better than zero threes. Even and he's a great three point shooter at that. So yeah. on that end of the floor, even I think you get an upgrade just by virtue of having the fact that somebody's going to take a three. Yeah. I mean, he really struggled at the beginning of the season in golden state last year. Like he had one of the worst shooting starts to a season that I've ever seen. And he actually bounced back. Okay. Um, and I think, you know, getting him to work with chip England, um, just being a more dedicated professional, because I mean, if he's not focused on basketball in San Antonio, Pop does not care. He will not play him. Exactly. If if if, if Pop gets a whiff of a guy not being serious, he's not going to tolerate it. Mm-hmm. And I rightly mean, so. Yeah, I mean, he, he cut Steven Jackson. Yeah. Who was like one of his favorite players ever because, you know, he just wasn't in shape and he wouldn't concede that Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green were, you know, the next big thing in San Antonio and that they were actually better than him at that point. So, yeah, yeah I mean... Any Tom Fuller, he's not going to be, you know, 
taken lightly in San Antonio. So I think I, I actually don't like think, your shenanigans yeah, yeah. down here. I think Ubre is a nice fit. Apparently he's friends with some of the young guys on the roster. That's helpful as well. Chemistry building. And I honestly think if you can replace DeMar DeRozan with Ubre for 30 minutes a game or 28, 30, whatever it is, that bolsters the Spurs, which were close to a top 10 defense. It gives them a little more floor spacing. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. I don't really care what he costs either. I like it. I think it's a low or a very high floor and high ceiling move. Yeah, it yep. seems like a no-brainer to me to have, to have Ubre on the Spurs. Um, I could see Mark Cuban coming in and thinking maybe oh the Spurs are interested. He's he likes to he, he keeps his eyes on what the other teams in Texas yep. are doing. I've noticed a lot. And For sure. uh, so if he oh well they're interested in him, maybe he starts watching YouTube compilations of clips of Kyle Ubre <laughs> and tells his GM to go get him. Um, but I, I could see them swooping in and giving him a big offer or something and sneaking him away. But I just think the fit with San Antonio is too good to argue with for both parties. Yeah. And a lot of Spurs fans are just like, I saw a lot of negative knee jerk reactions when the rumor was leaked that Ubre wants to come to San Antonio Mm -hmm. and a lot of it's, you know, he's kind of, you know, he didn't have a good run in golden state where people expected him to flourish Mm -hmm. but i mean that was kind of a bad situation golden state last year i agree i think a lot of it was uh, they were doing a uh steph curry super supernova bonanza tour you know and a lot of the opportunities i don't think were quite there for uh guys to grow and uh, to move to execute that crazy motion offense that's at uh golden state was so famous for for so many years it kind of became the iso show so yeah, I mean the Spurs are going to have forty-eight to fifty million dollars to spend. Um, wow, it's looking like if they don't sign enough guys, do we have any like connections where we could be like, hey, <laughs> can you just kick us like a hundred bucks or something? You know, <laughs> give me like two hundred dollars, San Antonio. Yeah, if you can't fill out the roster, please and thank you. I think they have to get to um, the the salary cap floor for the amount you can spend on a roster is like seventy percent of the cap, and if you don't See? get to that the difference gets distributed amongst the players in the roster already. So, I mean, if the Spurs just didn't want to spend that money, it would just get put into the pockets of the players that are already in the roster. So I don't really hate that, but I, I, I guess uh, an owner would vomit at the thought of that. <laughs> you mean I have to pay the people that work for me? <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah, so uh, I... I who knows what the Spurs are going to do? They're probably going to do something completely out of left field because that's just their M.O., as we saw with the Primo pick. Um, so who knows who they're going to sign? Uh, all we know is they have a lot of money to spend, and it looks like um, the final remaining member of the 2014 Spurs, Patty Mills, um, is getting a lot of attention from other teams, rightfully so, because he fits really well almost anywhere. Yep. Um, In the locker room and on the floor. Yeah, it seems like Boston might be looking to chase him with the MLE or part of the MLE. And um, that'd be a nice fit. And um, he could definitely bring some leadership to a team that kind of tuned out their coach. Yep. Um, I'll, so, I'll take anything. I'm going to try to put a positive spin because we we're not Celtics fans here for sure. Yeah. The year I was brought onto this earth was uh, the year that Larry Bird and the Celtics shredded the Rockets in the finals after they took out the, <laughs> the Showtime Lakers. So... We we got off to a bad start, Boston Celtics. 
Uh, but I'm going to try to spin this positively and say, I like Patty Mills. And if he ends up in Boston, I will welcome any players that will make me hate Boston less. So, uh, you know, have, if that's the way it goes down, good for you, Patty. I do think it's a really good fit as well. Yeah, Patty is one of the most difficult players in the NBA to hate, if you actually know anything about him. Yes. Um, I, I, would, I would hate to see him in Boston, but, I mean, if, if he has an opportunity to go compete for a championship and have a bigger role where he's not competing with, like, 12 other guards for minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, only, it, only 10 or so in Boston. <laughs> There's quite a few guards hanging out up there, though. Though yeah. we don't know Marcus Smart's future. He could end up being the good Dallas plan B to save the day. That would be interesting. Yeah, but, um, I mean, I hope Patty comes back, but... It's looking like that might not happen. And um, DeRozan's all but said he's not coming back. Rudy Gay, um, it's been rumored that he's willing to sign in LA for a bargain deal. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Good for him. Um, Rudy Gay's a good dude, too. Um, I I don't hate any of those guys. I don't think... Rudy Gay actually fits on the Lakers. Yeah. Rudy Gay fits anywhere, man. Um, Rudy Gay's cool. Um, I hope... I hope he has success too. They just didn't fit in San Antonio. Um, so yeah, I go Spurs go. <laughs> go Spurs go. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, man. I feel like, uh, Patty Mills also, while we're on the subject, just before we get off and, and move on to Houston's very weirdly limited free agent options. I don't even know why there are options. I, I would probably just, Never mind. We'll talk Houston in a second. But final thought on Patty is speaking of teams, I loathe. <laughs> Doesn't he kind of make a lot of sense on the Jazz too? I feel like I feel like he could be a nice little off the bench Utah three point bomber on a team that takes nothing but three point bombs. It's funny that Patty Mills is this, is this guy who's been a crusader for um, like indigenous rights and God, you know, a defender of. Um, you know, marginalized people getting rumored to the two most racist cities in the NBA, <laughs> Salt Lake City and Boston. That would be interesting. I haven't heard any rumors to Salt Lake City, just to be clear. Yeah, but true, it, true. It, it's it, just, it, yeah, that would just be sad. <laughs> yeah. Man, that yeah. would be sad. We wish you the best, Patty. Maybe you can change the world and uh, change the culture at this place. Probably not. They'll just Maybe chase start- you out with torches. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe start with the police department. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, you want to move on to Houston? Yeah, let's move on to Houston. Speaking of police departments. No, I'm totally kidding. Sorry, Art Acevedo. Um, But uh, (laughs) you you sucked in Austin and you probably sucked there too. Um, But Houston is, uh, we're we're 13 out of 15 spots taken up on the roster already with young young Stunnas and and John Wall. And... (laughs) And Eric Gordon <laughs> and Dan Whale, Daniel House. Um, but I've heard a almost sure thing sounding link to uh, Daniel Tice of the Celtics. Nice, young, promising center uh, that they were going to offer him some type of MLE chunk. Yep. Um, I think that's a fun third, third, even maybe second center on the, the roster, depending on what they do with the young guys. They might have him in the G League for a while. That is our MO. Yes, yeah, so Tice is an interesting allocation of a roster slot, like money aside, because mm-hmm. you have a roster that's completely gone through a reboot over the last year, and you know Tice isn't an old guy, but you you kind of wonder like what is the reasoning behind bringing him in when you already have three centers in the roster, mm-hmm. 
You have limited roster slots. Um, and young guys who are going to need a lot of minutes like to yeah. get, them, get them set in this team, I feel like. So I don't love the fit, but again, it doesn't hurt to bring him in. Also true. And uh, I think this team was largely obsessed with how badly they got out-rebounded uh, last year. Yeah. And I feel like there's been a lot of talk of bolstering the rebounding presence and the effort on that end of, of things. And Tice is definitely a good good fit there. Big time. And this team could stand to get a little bit bigger. I mean, when you look at the makeup of the roster, it kind of almost mirrors San Antonio where you have all these guys who are about 6'5", and then you have centers. Yes. And you don't have that in-between, like, 6'8", guy who can match up size-wise with the you know the elite forwards in the West and the NBA. So, And Tice was a guy that Boston would throw at Giannis sometimes. Yep. You know, um... So he's interesting. I don't know if Houston's planning on making a playoff push, but I really doubt it. Yeah. But, but who knows what happens? I don't know. Maybe, I mean, maybe they've seen a lot from Jalen Green and they are expecting to come out and, and actually compete. But I, it feels like a, a, another year in the tank would both be prudent and mm-hmm. almost unavoidable uh, given the current roster makeup for Houston. But I hope not because, honestly, I mean, well, it's tough because I'd love the high draft pick. Don't get me wrong. But uh, Steven Silas deserves better in this first opportunity as a head coach than two straight years being a crappiest team in the league or whatever. And honestly, I could see this Houston team coming out and not being completely in the tank, being competitive, but not having the juice to challenge for a playoff spot. So maybe you, you know, go into the draft next year with like the 10th pick rather than the second. That would be nice. So that'd be progress, but you also get another young chip. That would be a win-win situation. Yeah. I would like that. And I also think that's maybe why um, Stone in the front office went so heavily after picks in this draft because they kind of feel like next season we're not going to have those opportunities. Yes, or after next season yeah. we might not because, yes, well, also in uh, 24 they don't own the pick. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, like it's cool. I like the idea and the concept of all of these young guys growing and learning together as well. I feel like if multiple of these guys are keeping or, or guys that stick and guys that are going to be there for a while, I think that's a great way to get them caring about each other and get some good chemistry going as well because they've already been through this whole thing together. Yeah, and the one thing I've learned about watching a team that's comprised of young guards is when they are on, it's awesome to watch. Yes. And when they are off, it is the most frustrating thing on the planet. <laughs> I'm sure uh, producer John will remember we went to a game this year, a Bulls-Rockets game. And uh, frankly, I got to say, going to games that were at quarter capacity was quite lovely. Uh, we had like our own row at the stadium. It was so sick. There was like no one around us really. Uh, We could just kind of spread out and have fun. Um, But, uh, you know, glad that the fans are back. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to keep it that way. It was just a really one-off nice experience. But we were there, and at one point, the Rockets were just atrocious, getting beat by, like, 30 or something. And I just screamed out, like, you are so hard to love. And, like, that's that's the vibes I get. Why are you like this? (laughs) Watching young guards just throw the ball off each other's ankles or out of bounds thinking there's a guy there. It just, it's painful. But 
again, it, it's it's part of the process, and you got to take the good and the bad, and, and watch these kids grow. And I'm, I think they're going to be awesome, man. I'm excited. I'm glad you don't have children. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Good lord. <laughs> so the other guy that has been kind of uh, put in rumors with Houston is Justice Winslow. Another curious choice, a little bit older as far as a rebuild goes. I mean, he's still in his late 20s, I believe, 27 or something, maybe even younger. He was in the, what, 2015 draft? Yeah, so he's not even that old, right? Yeah, he's still, he's he's like in his mid-20s. Yeah. So. so he'd fit along with that, like, Chris Wood timeline. He wouldn't be tremendously old once these young guys start turning the corner. Yeah, but the thing but. with Winslow is he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. Mm-mm. You know, he's had moments kind of like, where you're like, oh, wow, this is a guy who can um, facilitate and be a top-notch defender. You know, he's a little undersized, but he's yep. interesting. And um, I feel like in the old the old Miami teams, when he showed that promise, he was a really nice backdoor cutter, too. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like he would always have a nice cut on offense every now and then. You'd just be like, oh, damn, where'd that guy come from? Yeah, he almost looked like a D-Wade 2.0 and like, tiny flash. It's not that he was ever on that level, but he showed – you know, an interesting skill set. So mm-hmm. I think he's probably looking at Houston like this is a place where I can maybe get some minutes and rehab my value. Um, and I'm not going to be exposed. Yep. So true. And he'd be a fun addition. I feel like with this roster, um, I think Silas could get some, some good use out of him the same way that Spo was able to at times. Yeah. He's a little redundant. Um, you know, if he's playing like a low minute role, like no mm-hmm. more than 20 minutes per game. That's interesting. I don't think I would, prioritize him over Jay Sean Tate or no, or even uh KJ Martin or even um, like there's a few guys where it's like, I don't know that I would really give Winslow minutes over them. Nwaba, same thing. If he yeah. sticks around, I would rather he get a lot of minutes. Um, so that, that's a tough one for me. I think yeah. I'd rather have Tice if we're having to pick between those two, frankly, I'd rather they go fishing in the summer league and just pick some promising young guys or undrafted for those last few spots. Yeah. But I, yeah, I think I think I think you're right. I think you just take a swing on some guys who have something to prove. Who like you don't know what their ceiling or floor is necessarily, because like we said, like what is really the point of bringing Tice or Winslow in? I don't get it. It seems like we're kind of a win now move, but I, if they're interested in coming and they want to play hard and they're going to know the situation, I mean, everybody's got to see the writing on the wall as far as where Houston is developmentally. And I, I guess I don't see how it hurts. They've they've been around the block. They're experienced. You need those guys in the locker room as well. Um, but it, it is it's curious. It's mm. a very curious move. But I'm getting to the point where I'm I'm starting to doubt Stone's intentions a little bit less, more and more, uh, because he's proving that he he really does know what he's doing and does a lot of research. So yeah. I'm I'm hoping he knows what he's doing there too. And, uh, but who knows? They could be get, they could get signed to non guaranteeds and be cut before training camps over too. That happens a lot as well. Yeah. But what I I don't understand what the future. I don't know why Daniel House is still on the roster. Frankly, <laughs> um, I mean he's got a great contract. He's a very good player. He's a plus defender uh, who shoots pretty well. And a and, sex machine. And an absolute sex machine. <laughs> Unless you ask Tyson Chandler, it was him. <laughs> Um, yeah, that whole thing in the bubble was just hilarious, but I can't imagine. I don't know how it didn't cost him his job right then and there, yeah. um, frankly, but I was surprised to see him back in Houston after that big time. And then to stay this entire season, not even be a little trade sweetener of some kind was fascinating, but he's from Houston and he loves the city and he seems like a good teammate. And it's like, I don't want to, 
kick him out the door or anything, but he probably deserves a better team situation than this, and he could really contribute to a contending team. Yeah, it's funny because Houston really had to rely on House at the uh, you know later stages of the Harden era. And I think he took the call for the most part. He did, but I think he kind of had an outsized role due to that because yeah. who else were they going to lean on after Ariza was gone? And Ariza was ass at the end of his tenure, too. So Ariza was so bad at the end of his Rockets career. Yeah, I, he's definitely a helpful player. He has an NBA skill set, um, he has NBA size and athleticism. I don't think he should necessarily be a starter on most teams. I don't. I think he would be probably best suited being a 3 and D guy off the bench too. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. Um, he's surprisingly adequate creating for himself. And he learned Harden's little like crappy mini version of Harden's step back too. And it's pretty funny because every now and then he'll just surprise his defender with it, get a shitload of space and splash it. And it's like, oh, wow. It's fun that you had that in your bag this whole time. Yeah. but And it was fun to see his rise in Houston, like this guy who just came out of nowhere. Definitely. From from Houston, the Rockets were his favorite team as a kid. Those types of guys are always going to have a soft spot in my heart. Yeah. Um, He'd be an interesting fit in L.A. because he has a pretty low salary. Um, he really would. I would hate to see that, but he really would be a nice fit in L.A. Because they, they're going to need as many low usage guys as they can get. Um, if you guys had any draft capital to trade MFFLs, uh, he would be a really nice fit in Dallas as well. Uh, not really like a move the needle star power type name that would get Twitter all hard and excited, but it's still a really would be a really good player that you guys would grow to love by the end of the season. That's for damn sure. Yeah, and speaking of guys who would be a nice fit in Dallas, Eric Gordon and John Wall. Seriously, um, some qu- questions about those guys. I mean. What is their role going to be in this upcoming season? If they have roles, if they're going to be on the team, I mean, and what is their value? I mean, we've, we've, we've hashed this out in previous episodes. We have, I think Gordon has value sticking around. I think wall is a curious choice to keep him around. If he does stay, that's weird because, and it's not necessarily even like a leadership thing. It's just, I feel like a points in their career and and status in the league and, and amongst the other players type thing. Like wall is, I feel like Wall's on another tier as far as star power goes to EG and leaving him wasting away like this just because you don't want to pay for a buyout yeah. or take a bad hit on a trade is is that could get bad optics wise, I think. I think contract wise, purely contract wise, these guys are both negative assets. In terms of on the court contributions, we know Eric Gordon is still a useful player. And he fits on a lot of rosters. He's kind of a guy who fits in, you know, like some players you have to fit around them like Westbrook and wall. And then there are certain players where you can just plug them in and play. And Eric Gordon's one of those guys. Definitely. So he could have value to a number of teams. It's just, uh, who's willing to take on that contract number yep. for his contributions. Uh, I'm trying to think of who besides like a Miami would really benefit from him and could afford it. Dallas, um, Dallas, New York, maybe New York is interesting. Um, Indy apparently wanted him, um, but that just feels like a hometown hero kind of vibe. You know, I could see some trade action with the Clippers since they're going to be dying for, you know, wing creation and defense. So maybe there's something there, but they're the only ones sniffing around John wall, apparently too. Yeah. And Um, I think John wall, I think that deal makes sense too, but 
I think it does for all parties. I think ultimately that's just so hard for a GM to swallow because if you're not getting a significant asset back with John Wall, because mm-hmm. GMs, just like Maury, they all want to win the press conference and they yeah. all want to feel like they're the smartest guy in the room. And if you're taking back Wall without getting an asset, they're going to get grilled. Yes, they are. Uh, so it's just hard <laughs> to see that happening. What about the whole L.A.? The way that L.A. fans and media and stuff seem to work sometimes, we've seen it with Westbrook, where uh, it, when when the Rockets traded for Westbrook, first take was laughing. What yeah. a terrible fit, blah, blah, blah. Now first take is going to be talking and slobbering over Russell Westbrook because oh, yeah, he's they're a Laker. The, they're the so, big three that's yeah. going to go up against Brooklyn. And exactly. Like they haven't watched Westbrook in the last two years. It, exactly. So I'm wondering yeah. if John Wall can maybe carry a little bit of that weight with him to the Clippers, perhaps. Maybe the fan. I feel like the Clippers fan base is a little bit more savvy overall, less Hooper mentality based than the Laker fan base. Yeah. But he's I a name. Think, he's a big name and he's an all star, former all star. Uh, he earned that contract when they gave it to him, for sure. Uh, maybe you can really pump up the value, get his agent to really show him his high school <laughs> mixtapes or something. I don't know. But <laughs> this is, uh, I just feel like Wall, you could maybe sell in LA. Only LA. New York. Maybe, probably sell maybe. it to New York. Those are some savvy fans up there, too, though. But again, they all are desperate for a name. Yeah. Or maybe something comes up where another team is ready to move off with some bad salary and True. you can facilitate something there where you're getting some pieces back from Wall. Yep. Maybe both teams involved in the Wall trade are going to just swallow a big shit sandwich on either end. Like yep. it, neither one gets an asset. Nobody wins the press conference. I'll trade you my giant douche for your turd sandwich. Exactly. Yeah. Russ, the Russ for Wall trade, basically. <laughs> no, I guess the Rockets won that one. They got a pick that they then turned into Shingoon. And then the Wiz got a player that they turned into a pick and Kuzma and KCP. Yep. So who knows if they st- they stick around with Kuzma and KCP, but either way, it's a good return for us, I thought. That's more than they should have gotten. Yes. So yeah, I think the Wizards shafted the Lakers on that um that Westbrook trade. Um, and honestly, I don't know where the Lakers are going to go from here with building around these three guys who you know, it's a questionable fit. Um, Westbrook's a needy player in terms of um, who he has around him and what of how a kind often, almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a strange decision on their part, and I, I think they are going to rue that decision. So I think so too. I wonder how much is 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 LeBron the team building GM still a thing, or is he pretty much focused on his other endeavors and he shows up to play basketball now? I'm, I'm curious about LeBron's investment level. He's building the LeBron cinematic universe at this point. Yes. Yeah. And I don't, it's a weird thing to ask about a man who wakes up at four in the morning every day to start training. Uh, but yeah. I, I'm curious. I'm just curious. I don't know. LeBron's uh, his interests appear to seem or, or seem to be elsewhere at the moment. But who knows? Next year, they might come back and just terrify all of us like LeBron so often does. But the Lakers are looking like a fucking train wreck. I don't know what the hell they put around these guys. Yeah, You need a shooter. Please get a shooter next. Many shooters. I mean, if you can get at least two shooters in that starting lineup with LeBron and AD and Westbrook, I could see it working. But, I mean, if you're adding, like, Anything less than a high 30s three-point shooter, 
it's going to cause a lot of problems. And I think yeah. they're just going to get zoned into oblivion where we, teams are just going to pack the paint against them. Definitely. And AD and LeBron are going to be crying for calls, and it's just going to be ugly. I think it will be too. I hope not, but I think – well, I don't know if I really even hope not. I don't like the Lakers very much, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I like Lakers. LeBron. Yeah. Um, I used to like LeBron. I'm not, I'm not really a LeBron fan anymore. Also true. I like Russ, the person – um, I root for him to do well, but I don't think he's going to figure it out. I think AD, I would like him if he wasn't so hideous. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love him theoretically, but when I look at him, I'm like, I can't root for you. You're ugly. <laughs> give me Ubre or give me death. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. That's kind of funny, though. He does. He's a very goblin-esque man. <laughs> Goblin-esque, to say the least. Ghoul. He's a ghoulie. Yeah. He's <laughs> like a big ghoulie for any of our children of the 80s. I remember that classic where the little gremlins popped out of the toilets and killed people. <laughs> I think they made like five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, all right, what's going on around the rest of the league? So we talked the Lakers. Um, it's looking like Lonzo and the Bulls are romancing each other right now. Definitely. There's going to be a big offer there. The um, Pellies always have that trump card of the offer sheet, though. They did offer Lonzo the, the qualifying offer. The qualifying offer there. <laughs> I don't know why. A good day, mate. But uh, they basically, I think if the Pels strike out elsewhere, they've been linked to Dinwiddie. They've been linked to a couple other kind of star star level guys with their money. I think if they strike out, I wouldn't be surprised to be like, all right, fuck it. We'll match and we'll pay Lonzo. But right now, it looks like Lonzo wants to go to Chicago. Yeah. The and Chicago balls. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, we already kind of legislated that one a little bit. Um, there is potential for a D Rose reunion with Chicago. It'd be kind of nice to see him end his career in Chicago where it all started, where he never quite got to actualize the boyhood dream. He never got to yeah. have a Shawn Michaels moment where he's holding the trophy and agreed, man. Yeah. Um, so that would be nice to see him come back, especially if the Bulls can manage to be good or even a playoff team in the East. I think adding D Rose would make them one, though. Honestly, he's he's back. Like he's a very very different player than he ever was, mm-hmm. but he's a very very great player now. Uh, yeah. Still, uh, or I should say, still not now. Yeah, he's definitely uh, he definitely has a lot more value now uh, than he did for really any period after that injury or series of injuries, I guess big time, which happened a decade ago now, which feels crazy. That's really wild to think about. And speaking of reunions, we could see uh, Andre Iguodala back in golden state. That's, I don't want to admit that that's fun to me, but it's very fun. I like that. That's, that's that's just adorable. It'd be fun to see him back and bring in a little bit, bring a little bit of that intensity back to the defensive end of the floor for golden state. It would be fun. I don't know what he has left in the gas tank at this point. Um, he didn't have much to contribute to Miami. Even at the end of his run in Golden State, he <laughs> was a shell of what he was when he was like the reigning consecutive sixth man of the year, yep. defensive player of the year candidate guy. Finals MVP. Yeah. Um, Deserve I, it, finals MVP. I guess if he's like your 10th man at this point, Sure. He's basically another coach on the bench. I think that would be a very helpful person to have around. He's brilliant. He'll be he'll make a great coach, frankly, if he wants to pursue that. But he seems like the type to maybe go into. He's got all kinds of wild business ventures and stuff on the side. Interesting guy. If you ever 
board want to look up any kind of uh, fun NBA players, listeners. Andre Iguodala is a pretty cool cat. And he has a great Twitter feed. Yes, he really does. So the team that is maybe the most interesting to me is the Knicks because they have a ton of money to spend. Um, Traditionally, they haven't been a free agent destination um, but there are some guys that they could throw money at and apparently, you know, continuing with the theme of reunions, maybe Mello ends up back in New York, which could be kind of fun. That would be fun. I've heard a lot of Mello to a lot of places and the only one that made me smile was New York for sure. No. Yeah. I think that'd be dope. I think we're going to see Mello the Laker though. I think we will too. If they don't land yeah. Rudy Gay, I think it's going to be Mello the Laker. I think so too. And I think, gosh, speaking of circling back to the train wreck that is the LA Lakers, adding Mello just seems disastrous. <laughs> but who knows? He's a different man now. Um, he really was very fun in, in Portland. Uh, ironically, not all that productive as people liked to make it seem. I get on my high horse about, I get on or my soapbox a lot about mellow because everybody likes to paint it. Like the rockets were like this horrible oppressive regime that kept mellow back. Like they weren't the only team that signed him. You know, I feel like they gave him a chance, saw it didn't work and let him go choose where he wanted to go after that. Nice and quickly without dragging things out. But everybody sees it different, I guess. Yeah. Mellow hasn't been that like elite score in almost a decade now. Yep. Even at the end of his run in New York, like he wasn't necessarily a positive impact player anymore. No, I mean they chose Chris Stapps without yeah. a second's notice or without a second of hesitation. So Melo's kind of been washed for a while. And he did have a fun I think going into the bubble it was fun to see Melo with the Blazers, but I mean Yeah, it was. And he, he still he can still play a role on a lot of teams, but I mean let's not pretend that this is a world-changing thing if the Lakers land them. And I think if he goes back to New York, it's more of like a feel-good story. Definitely. Yeah. You're not getting 2008 mellow regardless. And, and no one, it, it's not a possibility that that guy returns. But it's still fun. It's still wholesome. It's still nice to see him back home and not in Brooklyn. So breaking news, going back to Zach Collins, the Portland Trailblazers are not extending him the qualifying offer. Wow. So they will not be matching Collins no matter what. So he's going to be an unrestricted free agent, which means, I mean, if Portland wouldn't even offer him the $7 million qualifying offer, you have to expect whatever the Spurs offer him is going to have to be less than that. You think so? I was thinking that as Portland seeing the writing on the wall that someone's going to come in and offer him 12-13, and they don't want to do that. I don't know who would offer him 12 or 13, man, with his injury I, history. I, well, it's, it's a weird theory I have, but I feel like restricted free agency teams get desperate to drive him away from the qualifying offer extending team and thus overpay. Now I think his price went down going unrestricted. Yeah. Um, but Olshay does have a history of being pressured into paying egregious amounts of money to retain his restricted free agents. So it's a tough situation to be in as a GM having to match um, really high offers because it's just like, fuck man, I don't, I didn't, that guy's not worth that. And And they know it too. And and then if you wait to match, like it compromises your cap sheet and all that. So it's potentially the relationship with the player as well. A lot of guys get kind of mad about that kind of crap. So I guess if you feel like you're, he's not a guy that you want to bring back anyways, you know, sure. But still, that is fascinating development. I figured they would at least keep their options open with him because uh, he is a promising player if he can stay healthy. Yeah, but um, I guess they, they have Nurk and, you know, it's not hard to find a backup center. 
in the NBA. Like it's probably the easiest position to fill. Very true. So, I mean, why offer a backup center $7 million in the first place? No, no that's fair. That's yeah. very fair. All right, you talked me into it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that is fun. That's fun little breaking news for the end of the pod here. I like that. I like that. Um, we also had one of uh, the Houston Rockets fan favorites, PJ Tucker. Looks like he'll finish things out in Milwaukee, which is really fun. It was great to see him having such a good time at the championship parade. It was. Uh, he's just a, a class act. Uh, and anytime I hear PJ Tucker, my brain... Uh, Expands his name to Penis J. Tucker. Penis J. Tucker. Yeah. Oh. I don't know why. That's an interesting one. I think it's mental illness. (laughs) (laughs) I always just want to call him the Tuck Wagon. That's all I can ever think of him as. The Tuck Master. The Tuck Master. The Tuck Job. God damn it! All right. <laughs> Anything else you want? We're, we're done, Tuck. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I don't know, man. Did we did we do a whole Dinwiddie thing already? Did my pothead ass already just forget that we talked about something five minutes ago? But I feel like Spencer Dinwiddie's a fascinating free agency case. Did we did we make the case for Dinwiddie to Dallas? Dinwiddie to Dallas makes a lot of sense to me. I think you should steal him from uh from old David Griffin down there. The Pellies seem to really want Spencer Dinwiddie, and uh, I I think I think Dallas should make a move on him. I think that would be a really nice fit. He might be their only option. He might, and he's also him and Ubre are my prime candidates for free agent signings that make the team that got them look like a genius. Um, yeah. I think those two guys are both really going to benefit from a new new change of scenery and remind people how goddamn good they are and, and how excited we were about their developments as players again. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Spencer Dinwiddie's the guy, Dallas. I'd say go chase him big time. Uh, or if you want John Wall, you can trade for him. He's Absolutely. available. Yeah, you've got the room. I mean, come on. <laughs> What's it going to hurt, Cuban? Yeah, come on, Mark. Give me 100 bucks. Anything. Yeah, whatever, man. Fives, twenties. You wouldn't even know it was gone. Yeah. You could could lose a million dollars and you probably wouldn't know it was gone. I feel like Cuban would. I feel like Cuban's got this weird like Scrooge McDuck side to him where it is like one of his gold coins and his pool of gold coins that he swims in daily is missing and he can (laughs) tell. He just has this like, hang on, I'm missing on. I'm missing one. I'm missing a Sacagawea coin. Hang on, guys. Everybody, everybody empty your pockets. Let's look under the cushions. <laughs> we haven't gotten any Cuban slander in, in a while, so that's good. This, this has been fun, Mark. Thanks. Um, yeah, I hope you guys have enjoyed our little free agency recap. Uh, I guess the jury's still out on what we'll be talking about next week or, or who knows. There'll be some crazy stuff happening over the next couple days. We may end up popping up midweek doing another emergency pod who knows that was fun this week um yeah thank you again for listening we should probably wrap it up you know we got your uh texas triangle we got your hookup holler if you hear us holler if you hear us and uh like and subscribe and we love you